Welcome once again to Bitter Jurors. We are a queer Big Brother 22, potentially beyond podcast. <laughs> um, uh, as always, I am one of your hosts, Derek Reining, and I am joined as always with um, someone I like to think of as a small star-shaped plush baby of my own, uh, Sam Stanish. You know, that I, that's, I've never been described more accurately. I cry all the time. I can't move without someone picking me up. So I think that that's the right way mm-hmm. for me sometimes, to be on the spot. Yeah. Sometimes your mouth is not attached to your body um, inexplicably. Um, Enzo is potentially your father. It's, yeah. Makes a lot of sense as a comparison. <laughs> uh, but this week we are joined by another special guest, uh, podcaster. RHAP correspondent, awesome Twitter person, probably also an awesome real life person, but I wouldn't know that personally. But uh, it's Aman Adwin. I am the worst real life person ever. You meet me, you never <laughs> want to see me ever again. I'm trash, I'm horrible, it's disgusting. Just kidding. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited. I'm always excited to talk any kind of big brother with anyone that will listen. So if you guys already have a captive audience, which I can uh, spout my uh, unauthorized opinions on, then I'm I'm all game. So thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, literally, was uh, when Brian Scally was on before we started recording. We were laughing at something you posted on Twitter. Uh, I don't remember yeah. what it was though, <laughs> but it was hilarious. Whatever it was, so congratulations on that. At least one <laughs> hilarious Thank tweet you. that you've made. <laughs> I mean, I think. Thank I mean, Amon, you. you are one of the the Big Brother tweeters. I think, like in my mind, anyway. I I've all. I mean, I feel like you really skyrocketed to recognition and fame in Big Brother OTT when you posted as all those correspondents reacting to the final results of the winner. It stuck in my mind. Then obviously when you did the lip sync to the Big Brother Canada 5 double eviction, I mean, these are these are the moments of Big Brother fandom that we come to you for. Yeah, I'm, it's kind of insane. I never really considered myself much of an internet personality in any capacity. I'm just just like you guys. I'm just a huge, huge fan of the show. And I feel like I, you know, once I tried to audition for um, RHAP at least four years back, I'm like, holy shit, wow, it's been some time. <laughs> I feel like I sort of just like found my niche on online and a lot of people have taken a liking to it, which is really, really great and awesome. And I'm just glad that I found a community where I can do corny shit like that and people respond to it well so i'm it's it's so much fun i'm having the time of my life every summer and i'm just making new friends and meeting new people and it's it's just it's a really really good time that's this is a big reason as to why i like big brother especially when some of the seasons are a little a little lackluster it's really nice to be able to fall back on the rest of the fandom and just you know we're all in this together you know whether we're happy or we're miserable we're all in this together Mm. Uh, what's dicey about a season where, uh, in the first time in Big Brother history, a veto has not been used in the first three weeks? Oh my god, I didn't even know that stat. That's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw that on, like, in the live feed discussion thread on Reddit. I was like, oh, so this is, a, like, as someone who's barely watched any Big Brother, I was like, this is kind of, like, not very exciting, right? <laughs> like, from my personal experience. Really but maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but, uh, nope. Historically stagnant uh, gameplay and yes. house structure. Right. Definitely. 
I think it's just so hard when you like you compare it to past seasons. You don't have to go that far back. I mean, I know there's like this whole um, one of the leading stories in the fandom right now is old school versus new school. I don't even think you really have to go back that far back. I mean, if you go as far back as DB20, you'll see like there was a unique HOH for like the first what was it, like nine weeks of the season and so many power shifts and blind sides and stuff. So like Big Brother is still in there somewhere. It's still in there. I just I think that with this all-star season, you know, I think we're sort of like falling back into mob mentality patterns because everybody wants to be the last all-star standing. And if they see that big alliances get them to the end, then that's what they're going to do to prove that they are the top all-star. Mm-hmm. I, I completely <laughs> agree. And obviously the mega alliance of it all is causing this like slow start to the season but i still don't even i'm still holding out hope honestly for like a good back half because i mean even if we look at the original all-stars i'm pretty like the first four hohs were won by the same alliance and then this goes on to be one of the greatest seasons of all time so i think that there's still a lot of room for growth we're still very much in the early goings of the season um and i obviously it's been a boring start but that doesn't mean it can't Rocket towards the end. Right. No, I agree too. I agree too. Mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely a lot of time left. I mean, we're only in week four. Like, we still got some time. There are still some cracks within that alliance. I feel like, you know, I feel like every week another crack forms, they tape it over. The crack gets bigger, they get the duct tape. The crack gets bigger, they get like some cement to splash up in there. So, like, it's gonna, it's gonna break eventually. There's nothing that we can do. I mean, there's nothing that they can do to stop it. So I agree with you. I think with more time and a little bit more pressure, we'll we'll start to see some 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 good weeks. I'm excited, especially because like yes, there's a big power right now. But like, I mean, this is what happens every year. Like, obviously, the the six or eight of them can't go to the final two together. Eventually, they will turn on each other, and that will be entertaining, even mm-hmm. if we have to go through some slow, devastating losses on the way there. Yep, mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's a good point that it's like All-Stars, of course, they want to play as conservatively as possible to just not rock the boat. Like, I have I always go back to, like, that's why CR Easton left first in Game Changers, because nobody wanted to be playing the way CR Easton was playing at that moment. They're all like, whoa, right. let's all just relax and <laughs> hope it's not us. Um, but it's been stretched out over uh, three weeks so far. Um yeah. Yeah. I think it's such an interesting conversation to have though because there is so much talk about, you know, wish fulfillment in terms of the fans and wanting to give the fans what they want. Um, and then how do you balance that with making sure that you don't blow your own game up? Um, so I know that the seasons can be very, very predictable at times. Um, and there are definitely times when, like, even the predictable move is also a bad move. Because sometimes the predictable move is the good move. Sure, <laughs> fine. Sometimes it's a bad move. So I understand that there's a difference in experience as, a, as the seasons go along. But I do my best to try and remain graceful when critiquing some of these house guests. Because ultimately, you don't control who you go into that house with. You don't control the overall nature of, of the house. Especially if you don't find yourself within power in the first week. So if you're not the first HOH and you can't set the tone for the the upcoming weeks, it's kind of like within your best interest to sort of try and lie as low as possible and, you know, duck and cover whenever the hits start flying. So 
as as annoying as it is, like if you get brought into this mega alliance, you can't say no. <laughs> now, when you when when things start to go a little haywire and shit hits the fan, I would hope that they would be like, okay, so the fans don't want to see this, and also I probably should think about turning on them before they turn on me. I would hope that you would take that leap. I just don't know yet if some of these house guests have that like killer instinct, even though this is like some of their second or third or fourth time playing. So it's like, oh, like I, I just, I, I, I mean, I, I largely agree with you, Sam. I think that we're in for like a good, good turn of events. But, some, but from who though? That's the question because some of these players, I don't see it happening at all. Like some of these players are just, they don't know what they're doing. They're like fishing the barrel right now. It's and it's sad to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I think I mean I'm. I to go back to what you said about like good gameplay versus entertaining the fans versus bad gameplay. Like I do feel like in a hundred percent of the scenarios, bad gameplay will be more entertaining than good gameplay. And there is so much like anger at the beginning of the season about like certain people who were on the season because they like, I mean, didn't prove themselves or like weren't good at the game. But I feel like the most intriguing and entertaining things that have happened so far this season are the result of these like naive players who are making their own calls. Like Nicole Mm -hmm. A like having a complete misread on the house, like led to her storming away from Janelle and Gaser. And then like, I mean this past week with David not knowing what to do, like these are like the the good moments of the show so far. Uh, And so I feel like, Fans need to understand that if they want an all-star season with good players, like the good players are going to know that being in this mega alliance and making the mega alliance happy, even if you're not in it, is the good gameplay right now. Like if they try to form a counter alliance, they're going to be like rewarded by throwing the rest of the counter alliance under the bus. So right now, this is what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's also part of it is like there is just it feels like there's just the one alliance, even though there's others like um, the slick six or whatever. But it's like even I don't know, maybe this is just speaking as someone who's watching like the edited version with like some paying attention to live feeds. But it's like the alliance is always those six and they always show them like with dramatic sound effects every time. But it's always just that's the alliance. Like, I don't even Mm -hmm. think it has a name. It's just the alliance. And then it's like oh the the, uh, the one that Julio shows on like that brand new TV in the yeah, she they was. are showing they are getting so much mileage out of that new set like they're like if, right. we, if we can have a studio audience we're at least gonna have all these panning swooping <laughs> shots all over the stage so people know that we spent the money honey yes and let them know also that there's definitely not a battle back or if there is a battle back they're giving mm-hmm. a very large advantage to the people going back into the house. Um, which yeah, I don't Julie think anyone would be upset with. Um, but. Right. Julie is literally laying it on thick with these house kids. Like, this girl was against you. This guy was against you. This is what happened. This is what they said at 11 a.m. on August uh, 18th. Like, like, she's like, oh, damn, really watching live feeds too, girl? Like, I would love right. it if they showed live feeds clip with that, with that uh, television. Like, go, go into the live feed and incentivize people to, like, follow the game a bit more. I mean, like, we are in quarantine anyway, you know? Like, I feel like that would uh, just... I think that would like elevate the experience of this all-star season um, and maybe, you know, entice future players to actually play more during the downtime if they know that they could end up getting real airtime from the live feeds on the live shows. But um, yeah, that alliance, the, the, the one that Memphis pulled together, so Memphis, Christmas, um, uh, Cody, Tyler, Nicole S, 
and Danny, they have largely been in control with like the nexus of power being specifically like around Cody and Tyler and now Enzo that he's since he's won an HOH. Memphis is kind of doing his own thing. He'll get pissed off eventually, or maybe he'll make it all the way to the final two again. Lose, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they really that that is the, that is the, the 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 group of people that needs to get shuffled. And I was <laughs> hoping that maybe, maybe just maybe, but he was a huge flop this this, this week. That maybe Memphis would you know wanna help out Kaser and Janelle a bit because. They are old school, and eventually the new school is going to close ranks. And somebody like Danny, who isn't particularly new school, still is attached to Nicole S. So you know she's going to go that way and not choose you, Memphis. So who's going to choose you, Memphis? I, I mean, I feel like he has to be. He said that he wants to lay low the first couple of weeks, but you won the second HOH. You got Nicole A out. Okay, so sure, that's, a, that's the easy target. But what are you going to do once it's just the rest of y'all left? Because... You're not going to be able to win every competition against Cody and Tyler. It's just not going to happen. And none of them are going to choose you to take along. So I just, I yeah. would just hope that he would be the one to like want to flip the script. But I don't know if he will. I don't know what kind of information that Dan gave him. I don't know what Dan you can told him to do, but it's looking real boring right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's interesting that he essentially just gave up these two numbers for himself like the i like janelle and Kaser were literally like grasping onto anyone and he easily mm -hmm. very easily could have been that person because clearly janelle still trusted him up until the moment julie told her that he was part of this other alliance so yep. it's like yeah i don't get the move of like i'm going to get rid of one of the two people in this house who could help me later on to like infiltrate or like help me whenever this ship starts to sink i have other ships to jump onto. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was also, I mean, even in the Tyler confessionals this week, he was saying that a lot as his power drained slowly. He was like, I mean, I'm putting these two up, they're huge targets, and then once once Janelle leaves, like, he is the biggest target, even though, like, winners are in the house, and, like, Kaser's still there, sure, but, it, like, it really does seem like the wrong move, especially from Tyler on this HOH to be taking out Janelle, even though that's what his alliance wants. Like, in the long run, mm -hmm. I just don't think that this is like gonna serve him and i feel like even though it's the consensus decision like memphis didn't do it and it was fine like i don't know that it's just it doesn't seem like the right thing and if tyler was gonna win this hoh like you would think that he would like do it differently i don't know it just doesn't seem yeah. like it it'll serve him to take out this person because when things turn on this alliance tyler is going to be like the number one target yeah. And what's interesting about Tyler is that, like, he knows that, right? Like, whereas some Alliance members are just doing it and, you know, following it. Like, somebody like Christmas, if she wins the HOH, she's going to put, she's going to go around the Alliance and be like, so who do you want? Who do you want? All right, get consensus. Let's do it. Like, that's what Christmas is going to do. Tyler, on the other hand, he did the same thing, but at least he knows that this probably is not going to be so great going down the line. I mean, he's told Janelle the same thing. He's like, I might follow you off the door, depending on who wins HOH next. Like, if your boy Kaser wins, <sighs> I might be right there with you. So I'm interested to see what he is going to do um, at the, like towards the end of this week, into next week, to sort of like maybe start to build that counter-alliance that we would like to see form because he has to know that he's at the top of the pecking order because 
I think the only one that might choose him within that alliance to actually be loyal to, maybe Cody? But Cody can kind of go wherever he wants. He could go with Nicole. He could go with Enzo. He's probably not going to go with Danny. Him and, he and Danny are starting to like really piss each other off. Um, so I, I hope that Tyler has the wherewithal to be like, okay, I have to do something like now rather than later because I can't wait that long or else I'm going to have to win out. And who wants to have to win out on Big Brother? I feel like it's easier to win out on Survivor, not on Big Brother, because these competitions vary way too much. So well, I agree I with that and I disagree with that because, I mean, in Big Brother, there's always two opportunities unless you're the previous HOH. But like, I yeah, I mean, winning out is the absolute worst case scenario, no matter which game you're playing. And so, yeah, I, I was sort of, even though like it's smart in the short run, I just don't think that Tyler should have, I mean, Tyler should have just done anything else other than take Janelle out probably. Uh, mm -hmm. That's too bad for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tough stuff. Yeah, I but... did love that conversation though. Like what, those conversations between Tyler and David and Cody were like, Cody or uh, David reveals that he betrayed Tyler to Tyler, and then Cody's and Cody and Tyler are just like, no, never again. We can't trust him anymore. Great stuff. I don't know, man. Like David is such a disappointment, and it's so like. When look, I was I was happy to see him get another chance. I am not that hung up on the definition of all stars. I believe that if you have come into the game, you were either uh, you you won. You, you came close to winning, you were a huge personality, you were popular, any of that really qualifies for me. I'm fine with any of that. You were a fantastic villain, like all of that. That's all awesome in my opinion. So for him to like get all this attention um, during BB21 for being the first one sent out, uh, for coming back into the house and having like these great reads, which we're finding out now, some of his BB21 castmates are saying weren't all like his doing. Um, I was excited to see the fact that he might be able to come in and get another chance, especially being that we don't get a lot of African American on this African American male specifically on the show. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm 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 down for it. Like let's do it. Um, and then to go from that on August 5th to this, I'm like, woo! Maybe we should have thought about this for a little longer. <laughs> because. This man, this man, like, I just, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, it, like you betray Tyler, and Tyler is immensely loyal to you. You are betraying Devon and Bailey, but more specifically Devon, and Devon is trying to ride hard for you, but you're doing anything you can to stonewall her. It's just like, who do you want to work with, dude? <laughs> who do you yeah. want to be with? <laughs> Does he think you just don't need alliances in this game? Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> So he's never had an alliance before. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do in them. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, and I, I, I do like your talk about what an all-star is. Cause like so many people in the fandom are like so distraught over that. They're like, well, this season shouldn't have been called all-stars. It should have been called like redeem yourself or something like that. It's like, it doesn't matter what it's called. It they're, they played before yeah. and now they're playing again and all of them fit that definition they are all stars yeah i and mean even, and even if you had like a season of like a bunch of like like uh first second third fourth fifth coming places people would still be like no i didn't like that person she doesn't deserve to be there it's like okay all right well what do you want like are you, right. you enjoying the show are you enjoying the show <laughs> <laughs> and even if it was a season of first boots 
it would still be an all-star season. <laughs> like, right, by definition. Right. Yeah, all-star to me just means returnee. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, ever since Survivor All-Stars, like, I feel like you could, like, there are multiple people on Survivor All-Stars, like Jenna Lewis or, like, even Amber. It's like the, you never would have considered them all-stars of, like, that first, those first seven seasons. But it's like, that's just the nature of the beast. Like, you can't have 16 plus all incredible people all of their schedules are free for um the next 14 weeks of their life like that's just mm -hmm. not gonna happen mm -hmm. and you know like it's just even if, if david had actually come into this house instead of working with your fade or one in hoh and got like the big bad out of the house then everybody will be singing a different tune they'd be like oh my goodness i'm so glad that he came back like he like he was clearly aroused to be 21 so i feel like you know as with many things in the Big Brother fandom, we're very results-oriented, which is fine, whatever. That's how you want to see things, whatever, it's fine. But, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I can acknowledge that I wanted to see what David was going to bring to the table because I felt that he had potential. And I can acknowledge the fact that he's just not delivering on what I thought he was going to. Like, both things can be true. You know what I mean? Like, was mm -hmm. he, wait, maybe it was too early to bring him back? Perhaps. Am I, am I that mad that, that they brought him back? No, because I think they brought him back for good reasons. It's just, I mean, they can't control what David does. You know, we can't control what David does. And if he goes in there and shits the bed, then, <laughs> then that's his legacy. And he'll have to deal with that on the outside of the house. That's that's his problem. So I was, I was ha I'm happy he's back. And as I said, like, I think that he's one of the more entertaining aspects of the show right now. Like, everyone is just serving this big alliance. And he's causing cracks in this big alliance. Like, if we go by the show, like, the Slick Six are the leading power and on the show obviously this isn't like 100 exactly correct with, the, with what's going on but like he is causing distrust by accident between tyler and cody and davon and bailey like causing this power to split up potentially so it's like this is this is what fans want and so complaining that he's like i mean i think a lot of the complaints about the gameplay that he's done so far is that it wasn't directly serving janelle's interests and so like because he mm -hmm. wasn't working with her his yep. bad gameplay instead of entertaining was like a crime against humanity. Um, and so I think like David in the house is good. Like I, I would so much rather watch a season of bad players than a hundred robots. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point too. Is like, if it wasn't Janelle, like if just switch the target to like Cody or someone that the fans are right, like would happily hate, this would be, they would be loving and supporting Nicole a and David and like bowing at their feet for, helping destroy this person. But because it was Janelle, who was already a day one target anyway, so it's not like they were hurting her particularly. <laughs> like, it was just, I don't mm -hmm. know, beating a dead horse in a way. Like, that she was already a target. They were just giving people more reasons to target her, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good point. It's like, yeah, anyone else, and they would not be seen as the, like, scum of the earth. <laughs> as right. have decided they are. And as I'm, as I'm like, try, as I'm getting older and getting a little bit more, more mature, I mean, like, at least I would hope so. I'm trying to like, you know, teach that to myself. Like, come on, just because someone is working against your faves does not mean that their game is particularly bad. In David's case, the game is just bad all around. So, <laughs> right. I think that's probably, I think that's also kind of what they burn people's asses. It's like, you're not even playing well. And you got somebody like Janelle that wants to work with you and you're spitting in her face. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But at the same time, like that's not always the case. Sometimes people are just working within their best interests and they're not always going to align 
with your favorite's best interest. And that's okay. They're still playing the game. Like, do you realize, like, if you ever get cast, because like, a lot of these people, like, they also want to play Big Brother, right? If you get cast on Big Brother, there are going to be people, people that love you. There are going to be people that hate you. There's going to be somebody else on the cast that people love that you might be working against. And so, like, when you come out of the house and everybody's like, oh, fuck you, I can't believe that you did this to this person, you did this, you're going to be sitting there like, well, we weren't working together and I, that person wanted me out and I wanted them out. Like, I don't know what, like, that's, that's just a game, y'all. Like, I mean, they're in there playing a game. They don't have, they're at an information deficit. They don't see everything that we do. And sometimes, like, it just doesn't work out the way that we want. Like, I wanted Devon. I wanted Tyler. Both of these people are pissing me the fuck off because <laughs> just come together. But like, that's just, it just wasn't in the cards and I have to deal with that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'll, speak, I'll secretly, you know, wish for a success and publicly decry if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, a good mindset. Yeah, it's like, it's just, at the end of the day, it's just a game. Uh, we can all maybe relax a little. Obviously, there are exceptions when people are literally being horrible and racist, like have been in past seasons. But I feel like, like you said, like game mm-hmm. stuff to me is not worth all that emotion to me mm-hmm. personally. Maybe it is if you are watching live feeds to like twenty four seven, and this is this is your life. Maybe then I get feeling like it's personal. But even then, I'm questioning why you're letting it get to that level for yourself. Yeah. I mean, people, people get attached, right? Like, I mean, you live feed, right. you sit there and you watch day after day after day. Like, I, like Taryn's life, like right now, like I mean, I, man. But like, I mean, I, I, right. I know after after such a long period of time, you're gonna get attached to people. So I mean, I understand the emotion. I'm just saying, I just wish that people would just like take a second, you know, barring any of the the really really bad stuff that like you said, like the sexism, homophobia, racism. Yeah, call that shit out. You know, drag those people. You know, post those receipts. I'm fine with that. Like, right. um, but anything else, like, you just gotta remember it's just the game. Just the game. <laughs> right. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hilarious, weird, campy game, too. Like, come on. Like, there was an entire mm-hmm. segment of the show dedicated to fake star shaped babies. Like, this is the show <laughs> you're choosing to have that much emotion over, really? <laughs> like, I feel like it's very similar to Drag Race fandom. Like, I, the contestants on Drag Race constantly have to come out and tell their fans not to send other contestants death threats. Like, it's wild, wild. But and I do think that mm-hmm. if Big Brother was shot ahead of time and aired, like, with the house gets out of the house, like they would have to do the same thing and have to tell their like oh, we need we need that though like we need the house guests to be able to tell their fans not to attack other fans but i don't even know if these people would do that <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's, it's just an unfortunate nature of the beast right that you're never going to be able to get rid of entirely because people are who they are and they're just gonna you know they're gonna want to be vitriolic they're gonna want to send out hate because they are for whatever reason so mm-hmm. it just sucks it's yeah. I mean, damn. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not even a Big Brother contestant, and I get like some really, really colorful tweets every now and then. And I'm like, damn, right. like, I'm not even on the show. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking about it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's yeah, bonkers. Yeah, I think it's it also probably doesn't help that one. Like we said, you can kind of see what they're doing every day. Plus, it's like Survivor. You could say, oh, I was like starving. 
and it was just like it's like a lot more high stress level for survivor drag race kind of a similar situation where it's like a very high stress mm -hmm. situation whereas with big brother it's like yeah they do comps and stuff but for the most part they are in a comfy house being well fed unless you're a mm -hmm. have not um and so it's like you don't really get to have that excuse or get to say like oh well when the cameras were off this is what was happening so i yeah it's tough it's a tough position to be in as a player i'm sure mm -hmm. definitely i mean i it's every time i actually sit down and think about like what it would mean to be on the show it's like you you can't help but like second guess do you really want to put yourself through that like all right. of the like constant scrutinization um all of the paranoia uh, the fact that you know that people are watching you and they can see people talking about you and you'll never know. Um, and then coming out of the house and having everybody tell you more about yourself than you know, and it's just like, woo. Yeah, like, it's like, I just I... have like, a lot of respect for people that actually go through and do it because I don't think it's as much as a, as a cakewalk as a lot of people might assume. I think that you really open yourself up to a lot of critique and mm -hmm. some people can't handle that. So that's why I feel like it's important to be kind as much as possible. I mean, of course, you don't have to be kind to the people that, you know, are being horrible on the feeds. That's a different right. story. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a time in that house. I don't doubt at all. Right. Especially because I don't even think that it's... Because people just think of it as these. this is your personality and this is who you are. But for the contestants, they're in a social game where they have to conform in order to not be taken out. So like even like something they might like agree with or like not say in person to these other people is like, I don't know, like people talk about shit talking on the feeds all the time, but like that's gameplay and it's shoring up alliances and like c causing other people to be more of an outlier or like ousted from the group. So like, I don't even think that that's like damning. Right, um, it's like if someone like filmed you in like a professional like and only ever showed you in like professional situations where you have to like be nice to people or like speak a certain way, mm -hmm. people will just assume, "Oh, that's your entire personality," right? It's like, "No, this is just who, how I have to be in these scenarios in order like you said to not be absent unless you're like the most honest person on earth who never puts up any front with anyone ever, in which case you're a god on earth i don't know how you do that um but yes i yeah i think people like we said just be kind it, unless they're bigoted in which case they don't deserve kindness obviously the um, yeah <laughs> uh, I, I just choose not even to engage if they're like that because like for the most part twitter's going to handle them anyway and i don't feel like right. i need, I need to, to pile on so i'm just like i mean you did what you, you said what you said leave what you so I'm out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't need to, I, yeah, it's taken care of, like you said. Someone will, yeah, get that done for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's also hard to, like, even justify having that confrontation where you're, like, people who have oppressive beliefs, like, are not going to easily be changed from them in, like, over a Twitter conversation. Yeah, so, someone like, has like a picture of like, <laughs> like a statue or like, or like right. a big brother contestant that isn't even them. It's like hard to take that person seriously. Right. Like nothing, nothing I say to you in a 280 character tweet is going to change your mind. Like you're, you're, you're being changed more by like the volume of messages that you're getting and the response that you're getting from the public as a whole 
more than anything that my individual tweet is going to 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 say or do. So that's I'm just like I I mean I, I feel like a lot of people like I feel like in this community we hold people up to a really really high standard. You know, like the house guests and then like the podcasters that cover the show. I feel like their fans want them to address each and every single thing that goes on in the house. And that's fine. I get it. Like, if you want to have a podcast where you are literally talking about the live feed every day, right? People are going to want you to talk about, okay, well, can we talk about, like, this really weird conversation that took place between you two last night? I think that was a little... And I get it. I get it. But at the same time, like, people on Twitter are not, like, the social barometer for progressivism. You know what I mean? (laughs) And not everybody... Not everybody knows what they're talking about half the time. So I feel like we should normalize also shutting the fuck up if you don't know what you're talking about. Because I feel like a lot of people try to outwoke each other, which is really, really strange to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we are all acting as if we are without fault. And I'm not trying to be an apologist here. I'm just saying I feel like there's a difference between trying to call out destructive behavior versus just starting off at the mouth because you feel a righteous indignation for like each and everything that occurs because that's just not like how real life operates. So why are you behaving this way on Twitter? It's just a very, very strange, nasty thing that that can occur sometimes that I wish didn't exist, but I mean. Yeah, and it's ultimately like, yeah, it's very shallow and it's not, like the interest is not in actually changing behavior or like like social progress. Like you said, that's not their goal when they're doing that. They're only mm-hmm. doing it to specifically make this person feel bad or paint this person as a bad person. I and saw, therefore paint themselves as a better person. Yes, yeah. I, I saw a TikTok this week of a woman like remodeling her front porch and it like used to be red stone and then she painted over it and made it like gray or something. Um, and then someone had duetted the TikTok being like, and that's on gentrification. <laughs> so, and all these people in the comments are like, that's literally not what gentrification is. Like she's, she, she owns a home and is remodeling her home and we don't know anything else about the situation. Oh my God. That's yeah. so funny. Me when my parents paint the deck. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. on gentrification. <laughs> well, we always need to have more opportunities in our life to log off. Um, Go outside. And I, yeah. yeah. That's the best advice. Go outside. Yeah. To bring it back to Big Brother, Amon, how did you feel about Janelle's game this season? What are your thoughts on the reigning queen of Big Brother ousted on her 200th day of gameplay? Um... I'm annoyed. I'm sad. So, I mean, I, I started watching Big Brother during BB15. So I had to go back and watch all the other ones over time. So I'm not as, I'm not going to sit here in front as if I'm like one of Janelle's OG fans. I'm just simply not that person. However, I do like, I, I do respect her stature uh, within the culture of the game and everything. And I think that she's a, a great personality. Um, one of the first examples of like uh, a femme fatale on reality television, right? So I think that she's um, just a powerful fixture. So when I, you know, I went back and I, you know, I uh, did a little binge watching uh, of BB6 and 7, and then I watched a little bit of BB14, just like re-familiarize myself with her a bit. And yeah, like I was invested. I got invested in watching her shake some things up, especially the way that the things are going in the house now. Like, she was the only one that was willing to go against the grain. Like, she was imploring Memphis, like, just put Nicole ass, put her ass in the block. Why not? 
why are like why 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 are we why are we putting up Nicole and 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 Kevin? Why? <laughs> like she was the only one that was willing to do that. So it's sad to see her go because now I feel like with her gone, any chance of insurrection has died. Um, any chance of like true insurrection. Like I'm not talking about infighting amongst an alliance. I'm talking about like opposition, power struggle. It's gone now. So I mean, the case are still there. I don't want to like shit on cases game at all, but like, <laughs> I, I, I think that I agree with Cody in the goodbye message when he said, I think that you might be a bit more of the capable player because she was in her waning days able to kind of like shift some people's minds here and there. Cases speaks a lot of truths, a lot of facts. The delivery isn't always there for whatever reason. I, I'm not really sure why Kesa can't, you know, corral people like Janelle can, but Janelle has the talent for sort of like, getting people to see at least see her side even if they don't necessarily gonna go through with it they at least can acknowledge that like okay what you're saying is correct I mean, we saw it with the conversation with tyler obviously we see it with Jan uh, uh with with bailey and by extension davon so it's there um so to see her leave it it just sucks like i, I get annoyed sometimes when I, like when i see her great out picture on the memory wall i'm like oh or when i when i hear one of them talking about her I'm like okay okay she's gone she's gone get over it like so right yeah, I feel that. Well, Sam, how are you coping as <laughs> the other, <laughs> as someone who has not had it really an attachment to Janelle because I'm not a Big Brother. No, yeah, <laughs> um, I like like Amon. I also did not watch six and seven live, and I've gone back and watched them. And I mean, the it both seasons are like she is the main character of the show, and like I mean with Jilltown and Big Brother seven, but like she like it. I mean her status as a reality tv icon speaks for itself like she is a legend and like one of the biggest faces of the show i do think that in the coming weeks the fan base is gonna calm down a little bit uh, <laughs> with her no longer in the house i hope anyway that like things can sort of smooth over now that the like i don't they, all of the discourse surrounding her really like puts me off from like even engaging with the show really just because her fans have such like passion for the her mm -hmm. and so I think that with her gone both in the house and out of the house like attentions can shift elsewhere and I think that like it will ultimately be better for the season that she is no longer there and I'm really interested in seeing Kaser without her in the house like they said it on the show. He's been taken out both times way, way before her when they played together. So I'm in, I don't know. It's just interesting to see power couples like when they're split up. Uh, and we see that with like Bailey this season and like the two guys, like Tyler and Cody. Like I, it's, it's interesting to see the other half without their like the person you think of first when you think of the duo or whatever. So I'm excited to see Kaser. Janelle has been very entertaining on the show so far. And so I'm like, it's, I'm, but I'm okay with her leaving, even though I do agree that she would have, she really was like going to be the person who could have possibly formed a new alliance if anyone out of the main group had won an HOH ever. Like she would have been able to put people together to like go against the group, but like mm -hmm. that didn't really come together. So it's okay to me that she's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, tough. Yeah, it's tough to watch this. Like we said at the beginning, this one alliance kind of just maintain power for however many weeks now, and presumably just 
Uh, that's the other tough thing. It's like, what's the, um, Aman, you kind of spoke to this earlier, but it's like, well, who's the other person? Like, who's going to be this person to step up and like say, like provide opposition of any kind? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's sometimes hard to predict that, at least in my experience with brother, it's like, I, like, I don't know, going into BB can, was it five? with Ika, like, did people think Ika's going to be the power player this season? She's going to be the main character that everyone comes around to and is, like, rooting for at the end. Like, I don't think anyone saw that really coming for her in that season. So it's like, mm -hmm. you can't really predict who's going to, like, rise to the occasion, on, like, in this show, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially because, this, like, it, compared to Survivor, like, it really, like, so much of it is about who wins these competitions. It's, I mean... In the beginning of Survivor, yeah, like winning different tribal immunities changes a lot. But like these, if you just have to be able, like, not so little can change unless some another side wins a competition. So like we, but that's what makes it great. Like we have no idea. Like Ian could pull something out at any point. Kaser could be the next HOH if he's not taken out. So like, I think that I don't even remember what point I was going to make. But I, <laughs> I, I do think that like it is so unpredictable, even though it's been very predictable so far right yes yeah. mm -hmm. i think that um yeah it's, it's i mean there i mean it, i think that uh, why it's so unpredictable especially this season in terms of like any opposition is because i just feel like we, we can't really see it coming from anywhere outside of the alliance like okay. uh, i mean the only person left that's actively talking about um the power structure is caser and mm -hmm. um we got to see a, a bit of a conversation with him and, and Devon and Bailey, and he's like pretty much trying to lay out the facts for them. And because of the fact that Devon and Bailey think that they have something that like they feel like their hand is better than his, um, when really their their hands are becoming more and more similar than they would care to admit. Um, and so they're out. David's off somewhere. Kevin is Eeyore this season. Um, <laughs> who like who else? I mean, he I mean, you there. <laughs> I, I really wish that we could get like more cam talking with Ian. I don't know why. I don't know why these huskies don't cam talk like they used to. Like, you, like the like people that used to cam talk haven't done it anymore. Like maybe they're spooked because of what happened with Cliff last season and Christy overhearing him. But like, all you gotta do is just be careful. Like, I yeah. I, I just wish that I could I could I could see what Ian really really thought because he's he might be in danger. Like, and I don't know if he knows that yet. So. It's just if it's if it's not going to come from the alliance, I don't know who it's going to come from to break this shit up. Right. I saw speculation that Ian's not cam talking anymore in case he's wrong, and so he doesn't want anyone to like have the receipts of him having a misread on the house. Fuck that. Fuck that. Right. Like, I need for people to go into that house. Like everybody wants to be like the next Doctor Will or Derek or whatever. You know, right? Like, like I, I get it. I get it. People want to be re revered as like, oh, that was the best game of love. I get it. But like, I would much rather like be wrong, and then figure out that I'm wrong and why I'm wrong, and then because that's that's what takes a really good player to realize where you are at, and then to overcome those odds. As instead of like you know having to be right at every single because that was like what Vanessa was. And Vanessa was great, but she had to be right every single time, and it was exhausting. You know what I mean? So you know, it's okay if you're wrong. Just like you know, it, I feel like if you talk through it, maybe you'll be able to come to that realization sooner. But we'll never know. 
I am. I agree that it's okay to be wrong, but I think that's like where a lot of the hate for Nicole Anthony was coming from while she was still in the house. Like she would go through these long monologues by herself in a room where she like <laughs> thinks that there's a thirteen person alliance, and just like fans would fans would watch and be like, the people like she, she just laid out that she didn't yeah. trust these people who she who like she should have, and so. I mean, I yeah. think that that has died down since she is out of the house now. And, like, that's good. I'm glad that no one is saying the awful things they were saying about her anymore. Um, but I, I think there is, like, it is reasonable to be, like, afraid of being wrong because people, I mean, if you want to be viewed as a mastermind, which, like you said, like, a lot of these people do, not showing your hand is good. But, again, like, like Janelle said, like, they're there to make a TV show and, like, entertain the fans even though they're also there to win $500,000. So like it, why not let fans in on your th thought process? If it's like, it's either that do that or don't do that. And neither of them will affect anything because you're alone in a room somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. That's almost what I feel like the, that's what the name diary diary room to me implies is the idea of like, this is where you can go to like, just say what you're thinking in the moment, like where your head mm -hmm. at is at in the game. It's almost like, I wish they would introduce like, a real diary diary room where it's like here you yeah. can come in here and just say like whatever you are feeling in the moment almost like that one uh scene in season eight of drag race where they had the shade tree for all of one mm -hmm. episode for one scene for no reason yep. and it never came up again like bring that in like just let them have a space where they can like like you said talk it out to themselves because it's yep. like, yeah, maybe maybe they'll have a revelation that they wouldn't have otherwise if they because they can't say it out loud to anyone else in the house. Maybe, and that's why people loved BBOTT so much is because of those live VRs. Like we really got to see the game get contextualized um, because we were seeing more often um, all these check-ins with the house guests about where their heads were at. Because um, so it's kind of hard to gauge, you know, right now right. like what Ian is thinking. And I mean, if I mean, maybe maybe once the episode comes out on Wednesday for the Zito comp, or maybe even on Sunday um, tomorrow, we'll find out like what he might be thinking. Because I have to imagine. I mean, Ian's a smart guy. So, I mean, and this could probably be speaking what, to what you're uh, talking about, Sam. And like, he doesn't want to disappoint people that think that he's smart. So, like, if we see an edit of him on Sunday and he's just like oblivious, he goes up to see Enzo, and Enzo's like, "Oh yeah, you're good, man." Meanwhile, Enzo's planning on trying to get his ass out of here, <laughs> like. <laughs> I could see how he would be like, eh, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, say, you know, so I get it, but, like, I just want to know if he knows, I just want to know. Right. I'm, and I, I can really completely understand that from Ian, because, I mean, I, I recently watched BB14 for the first time, and, like, this guy doesn't know what's going on. So, like, I, like, it, it, it is very reasonable of me to think that he doesn't know what's, what's happening, because it happened last time. Like, he just, he had no idea what was going on around him and just like was a fan favorite, which is fine. But like, I feel like over the years that idea has been lost. And just because he's a nerd, people think that he's like smart, even though like to be good at this game, you have to be like socially adept where like, he, I, I feel like Ian would admit himself that he's not. So like, I just don't, I don't, I understand that he's like worried about being seen as bad because like he's sort of lost that, He's somehow been able to like remove that from his legacy that he like played some good game because he's against Dan. But like, uh, I mean, I don't know. What, like, I hope Ian knows. I hope they all eventually figure out that like they're not on the inside or like that it would be in their best interest. But like, let's. I mean, I 
I don't know. I don't know why we're focusing so hard on Ian specifically. <laughs> um, I guess what, like, do you think that I, I haven't been paying attention? Like, what is Enzo's plan for the week? He said that he would like to nominate both Kevin and Kaser. Oh. Um, I'm not really sure, like, when you guys release your episode, so I don't want to, like, spoil, like, like so, like, can it's I? It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll release it sometime today, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he wants to release Kevin. Release. He wants to um, put up <laughs> Kevin and um, Kaser, and he did that yesterday. Um, and if Kaser comes down, throw Ian up, backdoor Ian. If Kevin comes down, probably somebody like David is going to get put up there. And uh, Kaser will be the one to go. So Ian is in a lot of danger right now. If he does not get chosen for veto, um, and Kaser wins veto, he is out of here. So a lot of people want for Ian to be chosen, win veto, take Kaser off. I just don't know if Ian would do that. I think that he thinks that he's in a good spot and would just not use the veto. So it's looking like it's like a ninety percent chance that Kaser is probably going to be the one to go. Right. Unfortunately. So white man, yeah, white man still has not been put up on the block, is what we're saying to this no. day. No, they've, all, they've been winning all the competitions. Yeah, I've like, tweeted about time. this. It's the same four. And it, who was it that um, predicted that it was going to be like this? Is like, um, I don't know, someone I think in the RJP uh, like podcasting group or someone was like yeah it's just going to be these like literally listed off like cody memphis tyler maybe a christmas in there which is literally what has happened so far right it's like yeah that's not fun some of, these, some of these comps it seems like women should have been able to win i mean like the memphis the one is such a fluke like are you yeah the memphis, that, the memphis one was a fluke i mean i feel like the cupcake one i mean like that does take a little bit of speed but not that much it's more about logic um, so that was a, a little more balanced. Um, and then this, this past HOH comp, I kind of feel like, yeah, that it was kind of like a bit of endurance and a bit of speed as well. Um, so maybe it favors towards the men a little bit more, but I wouldn't even say that much. So I feel like there's been some shots in there for the women to take it, but they just, they haven't been able to pull up the W yet. We just need one. We just need some of these men to go. That's the problem. And there's more men in the house in general. So it's more likely that a man will win. So you got to get rid of some of them or you're just going to continue to get blown out. Right. We yeah. need to see it. <laughs> Especially I, on this I mean, I mean, it sounds like Enzo is trying to take out a guy, uh, but unfortunately from outside the main group. And I, unlike mm -hmm. with Tyler, I don't think it's a bad move of Enzo to take out Kaser. Like, I think that this it makes complete sense and he's like not a threat. Like, he's not, he's not high enough on the target list that taking out a big target is like a bad nope. move. Yep. Yep. But who is he gonna, it's a really good HOH, yeah. But who is he going to pin his hinky votes on from now on? Is he only yeah. going to throw hinky votes? Is that what Enzo does? It's like, I don't he, know. I mean, it was, a really, it was an interesting play, though, because he he knows who, which, he knows one of them, where it came from, and he just, you know, asks his alliance, like, so who do you think was doing it? And all the signs are kind of pointing to Danny right now, so I feel like, and they, he already doesn't really like Danny that much. So having this ammo against her later on, I feel like maybe that Hinky Vogue really was a good play for him. I, I, I feel like he kind of like stumbled into it. It was like no way that he could know that that was going to happen. But at the same time, I mean, it worked. So 
Right. We'll see. We'll see if that has any further ramifications for Danny's game. I feel like, I feel like Danny might not be too much longer for this game. It looks like she's really starting to piss people off. So, I mean, she might be able to survive like maybe one more week. Um, but if I don't know, like if it depends on who wins HOH, like mm-hmm. she might be up out of here sooner than we might have expected. But for Hanky votes, I like. I, one, don't understand why it matters. Like, I get that this is the only thing they have to go off of. And so, like, one vote misplaced is, like, leads to intrigue because it didn't go exactly as planned. But I don't understand why. Because, like, last week when there was a hinky vote, they were like, it doesn't matter. Let's just move on. And so they, like, did. And now there's another hinky vote. And I, I don't understand why Danny isn't able to be like, I don't know. It was probably Ian. Like, I, like it could be it could be anyone. So, like, why would they even think it's someone in their own alliance? Right. Well, wasn't she trying to pin down Bay at some? Or mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was her plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like trying to weaponize it. Yeah, I feel like to me, like weaponizing the hinky vote seems like weird. I don't know why you would bother going like that, trying to be that fifth dimensional chess about the game. <laughs> like, it just seems like I don't know, weird to me. I- I feel like if you're gonna do a hinky vote, like you can't, like you have to do it the way that Enzo does it. You can't tell anybody because once you told, like you told Cody, like you were like Cody, like let's do it, let's do two hinky votes together. We'll pin them on Bailey and Devon. Cody said no, but you've already come to him with the idea. So now, if the hinky vote occurs, you're the number one suspect. So if she had just done it and then tried to be like, oh, I feel like it was Devon, like then maybe that would have worked, but. Now it's just like, girl, why did you do that? I already told you I wasn't going to do it with you. So what was the point? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. honestly, what's the point of bringing Cody in anyway? Because yeah. once he knows that it was you two, like trying to like, go around and be like, oh yeah, it was Bailey and Devon. Like from the from the two of you, that's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. Like either do it and tell no one or don't do it at all. That's how right. I feel. Mm-hmm. That makes complete sense to me. Especially, I feel like if I were to cast a hinky vote, I wouldn't try to pin it on anyone i would just i would i like if i were to cast the hinky vote i could i could never bring it up i would never bring it up basically i would just have other people speculate in front of me and then i would have those conversations but like if i constantly am bringing up who cast the hinky vote it's like probably me (laughs) we gotta find the guy who did this (laughs) dressed as a banana yeah Man. I was glad uh, Levon sniffed it out though. She told Billy earlier yesterday, she was like, I think it was Danny. And then she joking, I don't know why she did this though. She jokingly told Danny, she was like, So why'd you cast that inky? But I'm like, Oh, Devon. <laughs> She's like, Here's Devon. my card. <laughs> These people have got to stop showing their hand. Well, that's what you just said. But I mean, just yeah. like telling the people who you're working, who that you betrayed them. <laughs> why would she, why? Right. Yeah, it's feeling very, um, I talked about this, but uh, back when Survivor Maryland did their um, all Zoom call, like all-star game, like the way the structure of the game was, like required people to just be telling each other who they're voting for at Tribal. So it feels very that where it's just like, well, let's play Go Fish, but everyone just lay your cards down so we can all see who has what, and that's how we'll play the game. Right. weird. (laughs) Stressful. She stressed right. me out all the time. <laughs> but at least she continues to be really, really funny. I'm so sad she didn't get to have those babies, but I'm glad she got to 
gift the world her bit that she clearly was saving up for when she had like a yeah. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, she's uh Devon on the punishment would be super hilarious. I just yeah. want Devon HOH. I just wanted one good time before she leaves that house. Just once. Just once I want to see her up in that room. Just once. Right? Just once. Yeah. It's because I feel like her gameplay right now. I mean, I feel like Taryn's uh, puzzle analogy that he came up with a couple weeks ago is, is pretty accurate. Like, I feel like she's one that needs to have all of the pieces to understand the bigger picture. She needs to focuses on getting each and every detail. That's good if you're able to, like, use that information. Um, but I feel like it's even better if you are the HOH because that's when you should be doing that. Because a lot of people are like, why is she always asking questions? Why doesn't she trust us? Is she waiting for us? Is she, is she waiting for us to slip up? What is she waiting for? Does she think we're going to lie to her? Why is she so paranoid? Also, the other questions. But when you're HOH, you have full reign to do all of that shit. So if she were HOH, I feel like it might actually be effective for her style of play because she needs to put the puzzle pieces together and the HOH is the perfect time to do that. So, <sighs> but I just think she needs, needs to win. She needs to win something. <laughs> right. Well, I we'll believe, I mean, you know, maybe this coming week, her, Ian, Bailey, uh, Kevin can all come together and finally break up this group. I, you know, I you gotta have faith. It's only four weeks in. This week doesn't look like it's too promising, but who <laughs> knows about next week? No, we'll just no, keep saying I, that each week, and it'll happen at some point. You know, it, <laughs> that's trying. how I go. That's how I watch every season of Big Brother, and sometimes it works. Yeah, I'm What's, trying to hold out hope as well. Like I, it's week four. You never know. I. And like I said, like we said, the, the alliance is cracking, right? Like, the things are happening. There are moving parts. And all we need is, like, the, the, the kill shot for, you know. Oh, oh no. <laughs> about Danny's, like, sort of being aggressive with him. Like, so there, something could happen. Something's about to snap. We just need the right person in power to have all of them like worry about their safety for them to start throwing each other under the bus. That's what we need. Mm -hmm. right yeah. Like, we I need, need them to have need... any reason to betray each other. Yep. We just haven't had it yet. Right. <laughs> right. Um, well, uh, do we have any other thoughts uh, on week three of Big Brother? Any hopes, dreams, wishes for the future? Bayvon HOH. That's yeah. what we need. <laughs> yeah. Has there ever been a double H Is that a thing? Back in BB16, they did that. It was a part of the twist of the season. Like, like what do you mean double HOH? I mean, I don't know. Just having two HOHs. Yeah, wasn't that a season where they everything was doubled or something? Like, Yeah, they had the they had the battle of the block. So two people would win HOH. They would have two nominations each. And then the nominees would compete against one another. The nominees that won, won their safety, and then dethroned the HOH that nominated them. Oh. Yeah. They also did, like the first half of the season. They did something in BB-18 that I wish they would do more frequently, which was co-HOH. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I do think that that is like, that could lead to more interesting and fluid play because two people would win HOH and each of them nominated one person. And so, like, yeah. those two people were up on the block. And I think that that's a great way to have it. Like, I think that that could be a good thing to have, like, all season, basically. Because, like, yeah. it would just give... It, there's, so, there's more power spread around to 
like it you split the power up and give it to more people i, I think it's just a, it's more interesting yeah, yeah. everybody love that week because i mean i think it was michelle and natalie were co-hohs and uh uh Nicole Franzel was able to escape the block by sort of like throwing Victor and Paul under the bus. And then Paul figured out that that was what she was doing. And everybody was sort of like getting annoyed with Nicole because she was still under the radar the entire game. But then Paul called her out and it all had to do with that co-HOH. So I agree with you. They probably should put it in the mix a little bit more. Just to expose people. Mm-hmm. We love and expose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Amon, thank you so much for being here this week. Um, will yeah, you tell people cool. where they can find you and your beautiful works? Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Um, you can find me at Amon Adwin on Twitter and on Instagram. Although I don't really be lurking on, on Instagram, so mainly just Twitter. Um, I frequency RHAP coverage for Big Brother. I'm in the middle of covering uh, uh, Canada's Drag Race on the wrap up page and yeah that's it wow and you gotta listen oh, to choir know. room you gotta oh, yes. listen to the choir room oh, podcast Matt, Matt Matt is going to kill me i always forget <laughs> to do this it's so bad i'm so bad <laughs> i have a glee podcast called the choir room um we have we're about to finish recording season five today actually um Jeez. so we have been chug chug chugging along so if you are a glee fan Check us out. We recap. We do special episodes for like the movies and you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. The new projects, all that stuff. If you're a new fan, you can watch and listen to us. So, so it's a lot of fun. So check that out. It's called Quiet the Quiet Room. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. Wow, season five already. I just feel like it was just yesterday. I was making your little. And you made uh, us that thing. Yes, yes, yes. I they grow up so fast. I'm so proud. <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy. I can't believe it. We're almost on season six, and I don't know what we're gonna do. I've been trying to convince Matt to watch Smash next because I love Smash. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Have it's absolutely um, seen Smash. <laughs> yes. Maybe watch a couple musicals because Matt doesn't like to watch long form entertainment. Maybe I can convince him to like watch one musical. And we'll talk about that. I don't know, but anything that involves like music and television and film. That's what I think the next project will be. So, nice. yeah. do they have to be sincere? Because I feel like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is something I'm always hearing about from the gays in my life. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I remember I watched the first couple of episodes of that, and I did enjoy that. So maybe, maybe it is so good. We'll see. see I'm, I'm, a Rachel, I I'm, I'm a Rachel Bloom fan. I like her. Yes, yeah, she's. I I thought she was hilarious on that Drag Race episode where she was a guest judge. Yeah, she was. She was hilarious. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, well, you can find me at Rain Dierks on Twitter, and you can find uh, Sam and I at Bitterger's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Hell yeah. Uh, where we also cover Avatar The Last Airbender. Aman will have you on eventually. We've already talked about oh, it. Yeah. Uh, and That's I'm at. You share, almost share a name with a villain in Korra. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah, I do. Yep. I do. Um, I am at Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter, and I've started releasing writing on Substack as well. And so you can find me in those places. I also have another podcast called Word on the Straits. Straits spelled S-T-R-8-S on Instagram and Twitter, where we talk about straight culture with my co-host, uh, Joe McMahon slash Jose Queerbo. Uh, and those are all the things I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, well, um, 
Anything else before we go other than hashtag Team Priyanka for Canada's Drag Race? Just have to get yeah. that in there now that Aman yeah. has brought up Canada's Drag Race and I'm realizing we haven't talked about Drag Race in like a long time. Yes, I'm, I'm down for a Priyanka win. I'm so down for that. <laughs> Priyanka for Canada's Drag Race, Devon for HOH. Hell yes, <laughs> that is the official Bitterger's position. Putting it out into the universe one last time before we log off. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, well, bye, y'all. See ya. <laughs>